The Pennsylvania Senate debate between Dr. Oz and John Fetterman last night was an absolute train wreck. It was actually painful to watch. And maybe even more painful is to watch people on the left who are supporting Fetterman, despite the clear fact that he is incapable of serving as a United States senator. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I am also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington. We are working hard to advance the conservative movement by electing conservative candidates, by educating and empowering Washington citizens to stand up, speak up, and take real action that can create change to turn this state around. You can learn more about our mission and the work that we're doing and how you can get involved and join us by visiting our website, conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. And for all of you who are not in the state of Washington, we will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America, next month. So stay tuned. I will have more information in the days and weeks ahead. And we look forward to growing our organization and activating citizens all over the country. And we hope that you will join us. Last night was the Pennsylvania Senate debate. And I have been really curious about this race in particular, because while I started watching this race, back in the spring when President Trump endorsed Dr. Oz for as the Republican in this race. And you may recall there was a fantastic Republican woman, Kathy Barnett, who was running for this position. And I thought she was amazing. I thought she was very well-spoken. She seemed to be kind of everything we would want in a conservative candidate. So it was interesting to see when Trump endorsed Oz. And I'm no fan of Dr. Oz, and I've been pretty outspoken about that. I do believe that Dr. Oz is not a true conservative. I mean, we all know that he was built by Oprah and he tends to have a lot of liberal viewpoints. You know, in 2011, he did a show about transgender children and he was supportive of transgender children. He's kind of gone flip flop on a lot of issues, which has made me really skeptical. And I'm not a fan of Dr. Oz by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look at the two candidates, as I've discussed many times, sometimes you're voting for the lesser of two evils. And this particular race is very, very interesting because John Fetterman, who is the Democrat candidate in this race, he suffered a stroke in, I believe it was May, and he's got substantial brain damage as a result. And it's very apparent. It's impossible for anyone to look at this candidate and not see that there is something quite wrong with him. And I don't say that in an attacking way or in a bullying way. It's just a matter of fact. And we don't want someone who's not qualified because they are mentally incapable of serving at the capacity that they need to to be a United States senator. And let's be honest, being in a position like that is a high stress, high profile position. And we need people who are mentally firing on all cylinders. That is going to be extremely important. These people need to be able to think clearly, think quickly and make solid decisions 
in the best interest of our country. And if you watch John Fetterman for any length of time, you can tell that he is not all there. He is not in a position to be making good decisions for our country. And I really am disturbed that no one, his wife or the people around him or the Democratic National Committee, that no one has stopped him from being in this race. It seems to be irresponsible that these people are pushing a candidate who is clearly disabled into this position. They're putting him on stage. They're putting him on national television where he is very much embarrassing himself. The debate aired last night. It was between five and six uh, Pacific time, which is when Tucker Carlson is on at my house here on the West Coast. And so I was uh, kind of flipping back and forth between the debate and Tucker. And at the end of Tucker's episode last night, he had this to say at the tail end of the debate. So the Fetterman-Dr. Oz debate just ended. Holy smokes, full-blown 30-car Amtrak derailment for Fetterman. Here he is explaining how he'd handle inflation. Here's what I think we have to fight about inflation here right now. That's what we need to fight about inflation, you know, right now because it's a tax on working families, you know. And Dr. Oz can't possibly understand what that is like. Oh, it gets better. If that guy's elected senator from the state of Pennsylvania, you'll have real concerns about the system being legitimate. He is 100% correct. This was a massive train wreck. Fetterman had a bunch of uh, conditions going into this debate. He had to have the, um, the closed captioning so he could read what the moderators were saying uh, in real time. And he still struggled badly. And it wasn't just that he couldn't form complete sentences, but he wasn't making any sense much of the time. They would ask a question and he would go completely off the rails in another direction. Sometimes he was blurting out comments while Dr. Oz was speaking. Several times he interrupted Dr. Oz. He broke the rules of debate by asking Dr. Oz a question. Dr. Oz was doing his closing statement at the end and Fetterman starts shouting and speaking over him. At one point, the moderators asked him about a statement he made in 2018 where he said he was absolutely not in favor of fracking. And of course, in 2022, he has changed his tune and is in favor of fracking. I don't support fracking at all. I never have. Uh, I've, I've always supported fracking. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. You know, you know, here his his family's company was, it was levied the largest fine for immigration hiring of, of, of immigrate uh, illegals. You know, and I think you should sit this one out about in terms of what a, a, sore, a, a secure border. The fracking is a big deal for the citizens of Pennsylvania because that is such a big part of their economy. But here you have a candidate who is flat out lying and he doesn't even he can't even come up with a good reason of why he's lying. It's almost like he's not putting two and two together and it was in impossible not to notice this. I was intentionally looking to see what his supporters and people on the left were having to say about some of these 
statements that he was making during the debate. And it was incredible to me to see how many people on the left were supporting what he was saying and actually thought he was doing a good job. I, it's unbelievable to me. As I was watching this, I was embarrassed for the guy. I mean, it was not what you would think of when you think of a candidate for United States Senate. And to see so many people speaking up for him and then calling Dr. Oz a bully because he wasn't like, I don't know what what they expected him to do, but he Dr. Oz has been called a bully. And I actually thought that Dr. Oz did a very good job of kind of containing himself. I was thinking, well, how would I react if I was up on stage with this guy? I would think it would be really difficult to debate a candidate like this who is clearly not all there and clearly not firing on all cylinders. And I thought Dr. Oz did a really good job. I thought he was professional. I thought he had good answers. Um, He just was the better candidate, hands down. There's no mistaking it. But what really concerns me here is that we have people on the left who think, vote blue, no matter who. They don't care if it's a vegetable president like Joe Biden. They don't care if it's somebody who is not mentally all there, like John Fetterman. They do not care as long as the puppet in the position is making the decisions that the Democrats want them to make. It's all fine and dandy. This is truly scary. It's scary that people think this is okay, and it's scary that we have people in leadership positions that are actually putting these people who are incapable of fulfilling their duties in these positions where they could get elected. And Fetterman is leading Dr. Oz by a number of points. I want to say it was it's somewhere between five and 10 points in the polls. And I do hope that the debate last night will change some minds of people. But, you know, these people on the left, they kind of stick to their echo chambers. They stick to mainstream media. They stick to The View. This morning on The View, this is what Joy Behar had to say about it. The Republican Party is running a bunch of ads about showing Fetterman you know, st- uh, stumbling on things because of the stroke. Mm-hmm. What kind of a doctor is behind that? Aren't you supposed to do no harm? It's so unempathetic to the guy, you know? And I just want to say that Oz is very slick. He's a TV guy. Yeah. Remember that. There's another woman in Arizona, Carrie Lake, also a TV woman. Mm-hmm. So they're very slick, you know? And Fetterman's kind of like, you know, with the stroke and without the stroke, he's not as slick. But he has ideas and he has governed. And one of the things that these gals on The View and people on the left are talking about is ableism and that any kind of derogatory comment towards someone like Fetterman is ableism. And ableism, if you don't know, it's kind of one of their new made up terms. Ableism is discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities or who are perceived to be disabled. Ableism characterizes people as defined by their disabilities and inferior to the non-disabled. On this basis, people are assigned or denied certain perceived abilities, skills, or character orientations. So this goes along with the whole victim mentality. It goes along with that uh, wheel of power and oppression where there's always somebody who is a victim and another person who is the oppressor. And so in this case, Dr. Oz is the oppressor and John Fetterman is the victim. We cannot run a society in doing it this way. We cannot always have victims and oppressors. We cannot say a truth that John Fetterman is mentally disabled 
and have that being called ableism, that we are discriminating against him because of his mental state, because he is mentally disabled right now because of his stroke. It is very sad that he had this stroke, and I do hope that he gets treatment and he gets better and he's able to fully recover. But the fact of the matter is he is not fit to serve. And in any other business, in any other job position, there are requirements for the job. And in this job for United States Senator, you must have mental acuity. John Fetterman does not have that. And we can't deny that. And we can't allow people on the left to call us bullies or call us oppressors. This whole narrative has really got to stop. Interestingly enough, you've heard the clips. You So if you didn't watch it, you've got enough information now to understand the vibe of how this debate went. Well, Fetterman's campaign manager said last night, for a guy who was just in a hospital months ago, he took it to Oz pretty effing hard tonight. And then he said, John spoke better tonight than he did in the primary. He gave a better performance tonight and he gave him the primary. His doctor has said he's fit to serve, not Dr. Oz, who's a phony doctor. It's hard to tell if these people are trying to sell the voters on the fact that there's nothing wrong with Fetterman. Or do they actually believe this? It is hard for me to tell, but I think we know enough that these people are, you know, spinning a narrative, they're gaslighting, they're brainwashing, and there are so many people in our society right now that are just willing to buy up all these lies. And I said it yesterday. It's like, I don't know what makes me more angry, the people that are telling the lies or the people that are buying the lies. I want people to be more interested in truth than they are married to their agenda. And it's just a very sad time to me to see this. And and I hope, though, that there are people who watched that last night, Republic, uh, Democrat voters who watched that last night who are like, wow, this is not good. On top of his mental disability, he is a radical leftist. As mayor of his town, he has been letting criminals out of jail. There's even an instant where he shot a black man. He is very far left. He's very dangerous. Even if he did not have these mental disabilities that he's got going on right now, he would still be a far left radical candidate. So he's not someone that we as conservatives would want in the Senate anyway. And and as I've said before, I'm not a Dr. Oz fan, but he is absolutely 100% a much better far, like not even in the same league, better choice than John Fetterman. So hopefully this was a wake up call for Pennsylvania voters. And hopefully we will see Dr. Oz elected to the Senate on November 8th. So stay tuned for more of that. Well, more dirty politics here in Washington state. We have a fantastic conservative representative in our sixth legislative district, which is Spokane, Washington, which is the east side of the state uh, near the Idaho border. Her name is Jenny Graham, and I have worked with her extensively over this last session in the legislature. She is very um, passionate about Uh, law and order and criminal justice and making sure that crime victims get justice and that criminals are held accountable. She has worked tirelessly against this whole um, slew of bills that we have had go through in the last couple of years, police reform bills, they call them, and it really has tied the hands of our law enforcement. It was the work of some radical leftists um, on, on the tail of 
uh, George Floyd in 2020. And so they pushed these through in 2021 and 2022. And Jenny has been working hard with other Republicans to try to undo some of this damage because it has uh, really impacted what our law enforcement agencies can do. And we have seen a huge spike in crime as a result. Well, Jenny obviously is a friend and uh, she is a great uh, legislator and we want her to be reelected. She is running against a uh, her opponent is a radical left Democrat. And someone sent me this picture of her opponent yesterday, and it's a profile picture. And it says, I'm vaccinated. Why aren't you, you stupid effing F? And on her website, her name is Michaela Kelso. She's the Democrat running on the ticket for the sixth legislative district here in Washington state. Um, and she's very radical left. And on her website, it says that she will work for all citizens. Well, I'm not vaccinated. And so when I see her profile picture that says I'm a stupid effing F, I don't really feel like she's going to work for me. I, I feel like she doesn't really like me and she thinks I'm stupid. And here she is calling me names. And this is just like, it's okay for people on the left to do this. And the voters on the left will cheer for this because they agree with it. And they do think we're stupid if we didn't get vaccinated. And they do think we're all of these names if they didn't get vaccinated. You don't hear this kind of rhetoric going on with people on the right, at least not like the candidates and things like that. You do have your outliers who pop off unnecessarily, and it's not a good look for any of us. But this is very typical of people on the left. Now, let's say that Jenny had said something similar to this, like calling people who get vaccinated stupid. We would be, you know, she would be blasted by the left, by the media. She would not hear an end to this, but it's okay for people on the left to say things like this and they get away with it. The problem with this is these people who are pro-choice when it comes to pregnancy, which is why I don't like to call it pro-choice. I like to call it pro-abortion because they're not really pro-choice. They don't want us to have a choice when it comes to getting vaccinated. They think that we should all be forced to do that. And if we don't do it, we should lose our job, lose our income, not be able to support our family. They're not pro-choice. Jenny is very much um, pro-choice. She thinks that everyone should be able to make their own medical decisions. She thinks that children should not be required to have mandated jabs to be able to go to school or to play sports. Um, she's very much fighting for Washington citizens. So if you happen to be listening and you're in Washington's 6th District, please make sure you vote for Jenny Graham. We need to get her reelected. If you're listening and you're not in the 6th District, would you please share this information with your friends in Spokane so that we can make sure that we get Jenny Graham reelected and that we don't elect a hater like this, someone that hates us just because we won't get this jab that has now been proven. We were all lied to. We all know that we got lied to. And even Ben Shapiro did an episode yesterday about how they lied to us about the jab, which I really like Ben Shapiro. I like a lot of the things he says. I disagree with him on some key issues, I would say. But all in all, I really like Ben. I like um, a lot of the content that he puts out. I like what he stands for. But from the beginning on the vaccine, the mRNA injection, I have thought he was way off. I thought he was wrong. And he's married to a doctor. Uh, not that that says anything. I think doctors kind of got bamboozled into this. 
Uh, but I also think that people just weren't critically thinking. I think the information was always there that we were lied to. I mean, I saw it from the very beginning, not to say that I saw something other people didn't, but I think that the media and our government used fear to manipulate people and to make people think that if they didn't get this injection, they were going to die or they were going to kill their grandma. And now the data is just coming out so strong that this was a lie and we see them pushing yet another booster and we had the CDC come out yet last week and vote to add it to the recommended uh, list of scheduled vaccine for school children. And you can bet that in states uh, like Washington, they're going to add it to the vaccine schedule and they're going to make it mandatory for school kids to get these injections. And so that's something we're watching. The Washington State Board of Health has their next meeting on November 9th, and I fully anticipate that we will see it on their agenda. Their agenda is supposed to come out today, so I've been watching for that. And of course, you'll hear about that from me. But if you're not in Washington State, please follow your State Board of Health and their meetings and see what they are trying to do in this regard. We do have a workaround for this, and that is your state legislature. And so that is um, one of the things that we will be working on in the 2023 session is to get some legislation passed that states that children do not have to have a mandatory COVID injection. So this is something that we will be watching closely as conservative ladies of America. Once we launch that, we'll be looking into all the states that are doing that. And of course, here in Washington, for sure. But I encourage you to look up what your state is doing and start getting involved. Go to those Zoom meetings and make your voice heard. Make sure that you submit a public comment. You can do a written comment. And a lot of times you can sign up to speak at the meeting uh, via Zoom. So I encourage you to do that. And uh, I just encourage you to, if you are kind of a lackluster voter, I encourage you to kind of look into who's on your ballot, what's going on. It is time for us to take a vested interest, no matter how discouraging it is. It's a long game and we've got to have the endurance, but we've got to start paying attention. We've got to start taking an interest and we've got to start sharing with our friends. We've got to start speaking up and not being afraid of what people think of us. So please share this podcast. Please share the information. I've got lots of links uh, in the notes as usual, and I would love for you to share this with your friends and with your circle on social media. So make a plan to fill out those ballots and get your vote cast. It's so important. We cannot not do this. So I'm going to leave it there for today. And I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 